Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. You are in for a treat. Pastor Julia is bringing the message today. As always, thank you to every person that likes, subscribes, and comments to our podcast. Thank you to every person that calls our church home. If you'd like to give and partner with us, go to our website. But we're going to jump into the book of Song of Solomon with Pastor Julia Veach message titled the look of love come on let's jump in i am so excited to be starting off a new series today um we concluded last week uh, a series out of the book of daniel and we are starting in a series that we have titled how to love wow i don't know why i sang that but that was I don't know, how to love. Um, who loves a how-to? Yeah? No? I love a how-to. Um, I'm not going to confess to you the things that I Google how-to. Um, you know, just, I love a hack. I like, you know, the cheat codes. Um, yeah, same. See? No, in 2022, uh, I, I looked up some of the top Googles of how to, how to tie a tie has been like a standing number one how-to search for many years. Um, how to lose weight fast, not just lose weight, lose weight fast. How to pronounce, uh, used that one before. Um, might have used that for some of the words I'm going to pronounce today. Um, how to delete Instagram account, that's in the top five of 2022. Um, yeah, amen. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I just want to tell you before we start off, um, everyone loves a good love talk, loves a good relationship talk, or maybe there's five of you here that are haters and you're like, I am so satisfied in my singleness, me, myself, and I. Um, this is my least favorite week of the year. Um, well, you go home with your heart-shaped pizza. Just kidding. Um, but... No, we're not talking about Valentine's Day, but if you are a male and uh, you're here and you have a girl that you want to shower her with your love, you can get her something expensive, like, I don't know, a couple dozen eggs. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but if you are a female talking to a guy and you haven't made plans yet, um, Roses are red, violets are blue. If he's not made Valentine's Day plans with you, he's not for you. I don't know. Does that rhyme? Okay. So, bye. We're not, this is not part of my message. We're going to get to this. But, um, no, the series is out of the book of Song of Solomon, and uh, it's a very uh, PG-13 book of the Bible. And uh, the Bible is made up of over 66 books, sorry, 66, not over, there's no halves, um, 66 books, uh, about 40 authors um, written over the span of about 1,600 years, and um, there's Old Testament and New Testament, and if you don't know anything about the Bible, that's okay. Once again, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you are here, and um, this book is unique because it is a collection. It's, it's, it's kind of a love story, but it's a, it's a collection of... Uh, um, like moments and thoughts and songs, really, and poems, and uh, it's it's bold and it's um, it's a little sensual. It's a it's a it's a lot of things. So we're gonna dive into this book. Uh, but I just since I love a how to, my seven year old Maverick, who is amazing, um, but is also an experience, gets it from his mom. <laughs> uh, 
he wrote a how-to for his class. Now, this is, I, I just feel like we just have to start off by looking at this here. Um, Maverick wrote a how-to. Now, I'm pretty sure uh, we have four children. Uh, I never hear from some of the teachers, but I hear from his teacher over the weekend. So, um, <laughs> listen, there are kids that make you look like good parents, and those that are kids that turn you into good parents. So, uh, Maverick is amazing. He tells me that genius comes at a cost. Those are his words. But... Um, <laughs> He wrote a how-to, and I think that the teachers were looking a little bit more, um, they're looking more for like, you know, like how to tie your shoes or um, how to brush your teeth or how to, you know, cook dinner with mom. I don't know what they're looking for, but he wrote a, um, a book called How to Fall in Love. <laughs> so... Um, so a lot of stick figures going on. I think that the whole point of this was to illustrate zero color. So um, black and white. I don't know. There's a metaphor there. Um, page one, introduction. Here we go. I'm going to teach you how to fall in love. <laughs> Here we go. Next page. First, find a girl. This is the best part. He's named her like Penelope. Okay, here we go. He said, this is you. He doesn't say Mav or me. He says you and then Penelope. Not sure Penelope's mom would appreciate her being shared with you. But um, okay, here we go. Next page, next step. Next, try to impress her. Okay, Mav. That's good. Okay, give it up for Mav. Yeah. Um, okay, next one. Then make a date. Find a restaurant. Almost on the spelling, almost, but I can read it. That's good. Um, I love that this picture, I think he's holding like a wad of money. That's so great. That's great. You get those eggs. Okay. Next page. Um, last, ask, oh, it says you and then girl, and there's a lot coming out of their head. So maybe this is thoughts. I don't know. Last, ask her some questions. If you don't like the answer, then don't do it. Okay. Conclusion, conclusion. Okay, now you know how to fall in love. And it says, I think we have an image. Do we have an image? Did we get an image of this? Okay, so you can see. Oh, there we go. You, Penelope. Wow. First, find a girl like Penelope. Can you stretch your hands towards Penelope? This is this poor girl. Um, okay, there's that. Just kidding. Okay, we don't do that. Um, uh, okay, so I, I definitely am not an expert. I'm not a love doctor. Um, but today, my job, my opportunity, and my privilege is to point you to the one who exemplifies perfect love. And um, whether you have never said yes to the love of Jesus or um, you have been a believer your entire life, I think that there is something that is transformable in all of our relationships when we exemplify or we look to model the love of Jesus. Now, um, context and background, uh, there are... Uh, 
there are there's a lot going on in this book, and uh, it was written by Solomon, who was the third king of Israel. And early Jewish rabbis they taught that this was a picture of God's love for Israel. But then early Christians taught that this was uh, this book was a picture of God's love for the church. And I, I love that so much because out of this book we can and Chad's going to talk about it over the next few weeks. But there is so much wisdom that we can apply to our relationships. Um, there's so much uh, wisdom that we can ap- apply um, to our to our lives and in context of loving ourselves. There's so much wisdom uh, that we can apply in our relationship with Jesus and being able to do our first job as a believer, and that's receive his love. And um, uh, But I just think that there's so much beauty in this book. Uh, a lot of people see this book as a drama, and if you didn't know, there's three characters. There's Solomon, there is, um, I love that there's a lot of theologians that use the adjective simple. I don't think this guy would appreciate it. Uh, there's a simple country shepherd. Uh, and then there's a young maiden, the Shulamite woman. And uh, there's this dance. And I love that uh, There, we hear mostly from her, okay? Woo. She uh, speaks two times more than the other voices in this Bible, uh, in this book of the Bible. Uh, but there's a lot of snapshots. It's not a rom-com. It's not in chronological order. And uh, we're going to dive into chapter 1, uh, verse 1, and uh, you can show, do we have that on the screen? Basically, it starts and it says that uh, this is the Song of Songs, this is the Song of Solomon, and she says, she's, she, she jumps in, cannibal, right off the gate. She goes, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Woo! Okay, here we go. Um <laughs> All the married people said amen. But I just think that the first thing that we need to to look to apply and to recognize out of this book and in our relationships is that love is better done than said. Mm, okay, yeah, okay, got a little quiet. Okay, now I recognize that there are a lot of people in different seasons of uh, relationships here. So, um, you know, wave at me if you're single, you know. Okay, yep, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But wave at me if you're like, I am so proud to be single. I'm loving my single. This is just like, you know what? Yes, okay. So no one can get into your heart. (laughs) Just kidding, no. Um, No, but, uh, you know, maybe you're here and you're like, I'm single and searching. Anyone? Okay, yep, okay, yep, look around. Okay, that's fine. Uh, any, Any engaged people here? Do we have anyone engaged? Okay. Oh, yeah. We're cheering. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's dark. Um, anyone married? Married here? Okay. Happily married? <laughs> that was terrifying. Wow. Wow. Um, and you know what? Anyone here have uh, adult children? You know? Adult, oh, amazing. Okay. Over here. Over, over here. Back here. Um, you know, anyone? Um, I, I just think that there are just so many represented relationships here. So whatever walk that you're in, wherever you're at, I think that we first need to recognize that God's design for us is to be in relationship. Why? Because he first wants to be in relationship with us. And um, whether, um, 
your Google how to looks a lot of like, a lot of like how to find love or how how to look for the right kind of love um, or whether you're searching for answers in relationship. I think that there is a reality that we are all learning and watching and 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 finding out our answers somewhere. So maybe that's a book, maybe that's a post. Uh, maybe you take things really literally. I, I, I just feel like I'm in more conversations than ever where people are like making really strong statements. And I was like, oh, I saw that post too. You know, I'm like, that's one opinion. You know, why don't you research six and formulate your own? Okay, tangent, here we go. Um, but I just wanna stay off the bat. Every relationship is different. And we are a collection of broken people who are in need of a savior. And there's only one relationship that we can model. And that is the one with God and his son and then his son who came for us. And so in verse 1, two, she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And, I, I you know, right off the 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 beginning and the genesis of this book she is looking for action now what we can what we can see out of this is that i love the giggle from down here i'm not going to name names but um what we can see from this is that she's strong she's assertive she knows what she wants obviously and she's she's starting off with a question that she is not afraid of and I like that it doesn't says that she went and she's like, okay, we're going to get on first base right away. You know, I'm going to go kiss him. You know, she's like, I am asking him to want me. And I thought that was a unique way. Now, remember, this is all out of order, is that there is an innate desire within all of us to be desired, to be loved, to be wanted. And I don't know your story. I don't know um, what broken parts of your heart that um, that you are surrendering to God in within this service today. I I don't know your circumstance or what you've walked through, but what I do know is that there is a God that is desperately in love with you. And so much so that he has done love and action over and over and over again. And, you know, I, um, I have um, a little bit of a confession. I love to do things myself. And I don't like people to do them for me. Um, and so, you know, like if I ask my how my house, my house, my children, my spouse, anyone, you know, whatever that is. That I, If I ask anyone for help, I have about like 60 seconds before I, you know, do it myself. So um, if I say, babe, do you mind moving the, the couch over here? And he goes, yeah, just one minute. I count to 60 seconds in my head. And at 62, I'm going to move that couch myself. <laughs> But I think that there, there is a lot of truth from this statement that she's like, I, I, I want you to embrace me. Will you? Can you please? I am vulnerable 
yes, she's strong, but I'm vulnerable enough to say, God, I need you to embrace me just as I am. I need you to shower me with love. I don't feel qualified right now. I don't feel able for the task that's hand. I don't know how to raise my children or lead my home. I don't know how to approach this job that you've put me in. But what I need right now is I need the love from heaven to embrace my soul. And I love that. And I love that as this is a picture of God to his church, is that it's almost a charge for us to be the look of love. That's what we did on Friday night, is that night to shine was love and action, is that we're showering people that might be marginalized or displaced. We're saying, we love you just as you are, that this celebration, this red carpet that we're rolling out is for you to feel accepted and embraced. Now, there, um, there has, we've been married for 14 years. And yeah, woo, yep, uh huh, we made it. It's Los Angeles, you know, people are like, 14 years, you know? Um, but I think that, um, I think that there has been a lot of seasons where it's like we've made statements like, oh, this is my love language. Now, my kids have like very apparent love languages. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> my youngest is such a words of affirmation son. We had basketball games all day yesterday and he's five and he just like, just keeps looking at the bench at us like this, you know, and we're like, eye on the ball, hon. And then after the game, he's like, were you guys so proud of me? Yes. Did we not say that? I'm sorry, for the sixth time, honey, we are so proud of you. And I think that, yes, we are looking for certain ways and specific ways that we've been wired to love to receive love. And whether that comes out of a relationship or out of a loved one or out of a friendship or out of a, a, a companion or a, a parent, daughter, parent, son relationship. I think that there is something to be said though about putting action to your words. You know, I'm, I, I unfortunately am kind of like a prove-it type person, you know, and if you're a spouse, don't go home and be like, well, she was preaching that you need to pick your underwear up off of the floor. You know, I'm not like, you know, just don't use my words and take it that way. But um, I do think that out of the abundance of your heart, actions do speak. There's an overflow. And if we don't learn how to guard and protect the ability to be a vessel of the one that wants to fill us up, if we don't know how to receive, we cannot give. So the first thing she does is she asks. She says, embrace me. She's like, commit to the act, not just the word. Now there's a lot of words, there's a lot of adjectives, there's a lot of naughty things that go on throughout this book. But what she is looking for is that she's like, I want you to want me. Doesn't that give you perspective and grace for other people? Because if we can say, actually, yeah, I want to be wanted. 
Doesn't that allow you empathy and compassion to see God's church in a way that he sees you and I? And you're like, I don't know what they walked through today. I don't know how awkward and stressed and insecure they're going to present themselves. I'm going to make them feel wanted, desired. I'm going to embrace them. I am going to love them with the love of God. Verse 2, it goes on in the second part of the verse. It says, for your love is more delightful than wine. In some translations, it says, she says, better than wine. So now we see that there is a deep infatuation with her man. But there's also an ability for her to have the perception and the perspective of how good he is. And can I just tell you this? The primary focus of us and our relationships needs to be through the lens and through the gateway of gratitude. Because if we have the ability to see how good things are, then we can live in the fullness of how good they actually are. Life gets good when you see the good. It really does. And I think that this is such an amazing approach that she is she's saying, you know what, I, I love you so much more than something that's sweet on my lips. I love you so much more than something I drink that's satisfying. I love you so much more. And she just starts comparing it and comparing it and comparing it in a positive way, which is so counterculture to what we do. We just compare and compare and compare to what it's not. And uh, the great teacher and Bible thinker, Charles Spurgeon, he, he preached 59 messages out of this book. And he preached a message, and I'm running out of time, but he preached a message about how uh, God's love is better than wine. Christ's love is better than wine. And he talks about what it is and what it's not. And I think that there's clarity in that concept to be able to discern. And I just think that that is what worship is, is that we're able to see what is real and what is not because we're able to get clarity and perspective. Now, uh, my eyes are going bad. I have to squint at that clock to see how many minutes I have left. Um, and I can't be trusted to drive at night sometimes. And... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, but there, there's that. But I think that sometimes vision is a unique thing. And with age, with circumstance, with life, um, it, the quality of it goes, unfortunately. And I think that vision is something that we have to exercise just like young love. This young couple and this young Shulamite woman is saying, you know, it is sweeter than, it is sweeter, it's better, it's more satisfying than wine on my mouth. Your, my infatuation with you is so good. I think sometimes we compare our relationships to others that are in a different place in their path and their journey. 
it, you know, if Chad and I, within 14 years, we start comparing ourselves to someone brand new love, I'm like, we were there before. That love is blind, you know? I'm like, I had four children and they came out and they were disgusting. My kids love to hear their birth stories. And uh, one of them came out and uh, the nurse was like to, to Chad, she's like, would you like to hold your son? He was like, uh, I was like, honey, we loved you, but daddy just wanted to love you after you had a bath. But I think sometimes that embracing the messy and seeing things in the beauty and the good that was within them can be a challenge for us. Yes, we know that comparison is the thief of joy. And yes, we know that comparison is is such a limitation to us flourishing within our friendships. Yes, we know that comparison can be the robber of our creativity that God wants to give us. Yes, we know all these things and yet we still do. Yet we still look. And I love that there's an image of she says that I am not only going to see the good, I'm going to speak the good. She exercised. She's like, your wine is your, it's more beautiful than wine. It tastes better. I just think that all of us need to practice applying the ability of comparing to the good and making that a beautiful gratitude practice in our relationships. The third thing she starts doing, and I think this is a little bit relatable, is that she starts letting her feelings take control. Now, in verse 4 through 7, do we have that? I'm going to turn here because I need glasses. That's why. She says, how right they are to adore you. Dark am I, yet lovely. So we kind of just go, we go on a little rabbit trail with her. She goes, dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark. So now she's starting getting in her head. Because I'm darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyard. So she's like, I had to work and, and I had too much sun exposure. And, and, and now I, I, I'm, I'm kind of doubting myself a little bit. My own vineyard I had to neglect. Tell, tell me, can you tell me? Can you tell me and, and make me feel secure? Can your words once again affirm what I already know, but I've doubted myself. I've gotten in my feelings. I've gotten in my head. You whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday, why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Doesn't that sound a little familiar? I think that our imperfections can be on full display when we, we, start, we start really doubting ourselves. Can I just tell you that you are imperfect, but you are worthy of love? Maybe that sounds simple to you today, but if you came to hear anything today, it's this. You are worthy of love. That's it. Listen, if you're like, you do not know 
my flaws. You don't know my garbage. You don't know my sin cycles. You don't know my past. No, I don't, but God does. And we are all imperfect people that is loved by a perfect love. And there's only one perfect love. And that perfect love cast out fear, the fear of being insufficient, the fear of being unlovable, the fear of being not good enough. Self-doubt is a funny thing. And I just, I, I, I think that there is such, such a, um, a message when she's like, look at me, don't look at me. Look at me, don't look at me. I'm like, what a torment for that beautiful girl to feel like, uh, I, I, I want love. I don't know if I'm worthy of love. I want love. I don't know if I'm worthy of love. And there's this dance that's toying with the purpose that's on her life. And since the Old Testament, there has been theme throughout the books that there is purpose within each and every one of us. And there's nothing like doubt that will kill our dreams, probably more than failures ever will. The doubt will be the limitation for you to live in the fullness of your destiny. More than you sabotaging it, more than your sin, it's your doubt. It's your lack of self-worth. But his love is perfect regardless. And the last thing throughout this book that I wanted just to take a moment and pray for you today is that it's a book not necessarily and Chad's going to get into it in a lot more detail, but it's a book not necessarily of how-tos or instructions, but it's a book that ignites feelings. And uh, I, we, we read this when we were newly engaged, and I had to close that book real fast, but I was like, it, it, it kind of makes you feel in a way that I think is really good for us to feel. It, it, it opens up things that allows us to feel and see the love that God has for us that maybe we've closed, maybe that you've had closed for a long time. But can I just tell you and encourage you today that he is able to heal, not only willing, He's able to heal, not only that we can be free, but that we can be whole enough to feel. Feel what? Feel his loving, relentless arms wrapped around our imperfect beings so that we can able to receive, so that we can be able to give. Yes, God's desire is to be in relationship with us, but his desire is also that we live an abundant life. 
And if you talk to people that are the most fulfilled, the most rich in life, they're the ones that are rich in relationship, that they have healthy, flourishing friendships and relationships around them. You, you, you meet some of the most broken, messed up people, and they're those that are that are walking through brokenness in their relationships. And maybe that's you, good news here today. We serve a God who is here and able and willing and sees the most broken areas of your heart that he can make whole. And in closing, we see the word love in the Bible the first time in the Old Testament in Genesis 22 too. It says, then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. He's speaking, God speaking to Abraham, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice on the one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. In the New Testament, we see love in a different form of sacrifice when God sends his son to die on the cross to show the act of sacrificial love for you and I. And so yes, maybe we have seen sacrificial love. If you're a mother, if you've watched your mother, you've seen sacrificial love. And yet we still choose to close those areas of our heart. Why? Hurt? trauma, pain, uncomfortable, unfamiliarity, I, f fear, of, fear of not having control, guilt, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that these feelings that we are gonna read about over the next few weeks require us to open our heart to receive. And I just think that we should start off this series on week one and allow God to heal the areas where he can only heal. So I'm just gonna ask you, invite you to stand to your feet and we're just gonna take a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. It requires faith. So I'm just gonna invite you, just if you feel comfortable, you can lift your hands to heaven or put your hands out in front of you. And I just wanna invite God to come and to heal the areas where maybe we have apathy, maybe we have hardness, maybe we have blockages, maybe we have barriers of protection, maybe we Maybe you're here and you're like, you don't even understand. I do not want love. I know what that looks like. And I want none of that because that was violated for you. God, you see every heart that's represented. 